0: Can the church say praise the Lord? It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Let's make our webcast audience feel welcome to church in the balcony. Amen, amen. God is so good. I'm still feasting on this past weekend. Uh, Brother Harper, I'm telling you, he not only preached a powerful message here, uh, when we went to Piteful, he preached another powerful message. And uh, then we had some great food, Chef, Chef uh, Dwayne. Uh, now, now we got two chefs. Chef Dwayne uh, did the grilling and chilling. And uh, so we had some great food, plenty of food, and uh, some, of course, great dirt. And uh, so, you know, sometimes uh, you eat all this great food, and the next thing you know, you, you get used to it and, and you want more of it. So every service we say, Where's the cooks? You know. And uh, so we got we to kind of wait now to get all of our, our chefs back up. But didn't we have a powerful uh, set of services with <laughs> Brother Harper? Amen. <laughs> Amen. And um, of course, uh, Sister Emily's a grandma again, and, and uh, Amazing Gracie's an auntie again. And uh, so uh, they're all excited. Sister Anita's daughter, uh, I can tell all this, can I? <laughs> Sometimes people say, it happened, but don't tell nobody. Don't ever tell a preacher something and expect him to keep it. It ain't going to happen. But uh, Anita's daughter, uh, Tariana, had her baby. And uh, both uh, mama and baby are doing fine. And uh, they had to do a C-section, uh, but uh, everything's fine. It seems that that is more of a norm that you hear in our world today of C-sections. And uh, they, they uh, pretty well made it a precise procedure. So they don't expect any complications when they do that. And uh, so we got, some, we got some new people being born that's uh, not only associated with the church, but associated with families in the church. And we certainly appreciate uh, the blessings of the Lord. We used to joke back when we first started in 1997. Seemed like everybody was getting pregnant. I I, I thought I was once. But it was just weight gain. And uh, it, it seemed like everybody you talked to. I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to have a baby. And I'm like great. And uh, so we built up our Sunday school. Through a surge of births that happened in the church. And we said uh, well if they don't want to come from the outside, we'll just have them from the inside. And uh, we, we saw a lot of our youth that was up in the 30-plus range came through those first bursts that happened over there in Mouthcard Kentucky. So uh, we're glad for little kids because without little kids a church dies. It dies. Amen. Amen. And uh, we are excited about tonight. We're going to uh, get right into the service and the song service, but we have just a few announcements that we want to make mention of. Don't forget the Christmas program sign-up is on the back podium. I've seen some new signatures on there, so keep on filling that up so Sister Pam will have uh, a lot to work with. And, and if I, I've never seen a director of any play say, oh, sorry, we, we done got enough. You know, it's always they need more. So if you want to sign up, it's still back there. Uh, Also, let's remember our homecoming service coming up. That will be next month. And that's just one month away. October the 21st at 7 p.m. And October the 22nd at 11 a.m. Brother George Scott is going to be with us. And I'm expecting him to preach The house down. Amen. And then we're going to have Harvest Time Crusade. And that's going to be November the 17th, 7 p.m., Brother Buddy Puckett. Saturday, November the 18th, 7 p.m., Brother James Chesser. And then Sunday, November the 19th at 11 a.m., our good friend Brother Michael Maupin is going to be with us. So I'm excited about the upcoming uh, two months and actually three months because we'll have our Christmas program the second Sunday in December. And also always on the last, Jimmy Dove, always write these down, on the last, <laughs> I kid you, on the last uh, day of December, uh, we're going to always have our New Year's Eve celebration. So we always have a great time with that. Uh, we take, we take uh, time and just have a great time of gathering, singing, worship, praise, and we just want to ring in the new year with some worship and praise, and thank the Lord that we made it through the old year, amen, so you don't want to miss that. Also, we got some prayer requests that we need to make mention of, Um, we have, uh, I'm going to mention the last ten of these. Let's remember Danny Ratliff, Sister Pam is not feeling well this evening, she's, uh, of course, if you've seen her face and neck, uh, you know that she has a tumor there. And it is pressing against uh, the nerves and other things. And she's going to have surgery in October. And uh, so we need to be in much prayer for her that that surgery will go well. And also let's remember Gina, Roger McCoy, Joe Justice. And it's good to see Sister Debbie here tonight. Amen. I'm glad to see you in the house. Brother Josh Casey texted me earlier today and he said that he's got a runny nose and stuffed up head and sore throat. So he says, I don't want to bring anything in on anybody. And uh, so he's at home, hopefully watching uh, the webcast. But let's uh, be praying for him. Uh, My brother-in-law, Charles Wolford, let's remember him in prayer. Uh, He will have to go for a heart stint uh, pretty soon. And then they're going to have to figure out when they can do that artery in his uh, carotid artery. So uh, we, we want to be in much prayer for Charles. And if you have a prayer request you'd like to make known just by the raising of your hand. The Lord sees that. He knows what that represents. Could we all lift our hands right now and believe the Lord is going to touch? Lord, we come before your presence, and we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you have given us to be gathered here together tonight to worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way, that you would touch lives here tonight. Those that are sick, that they'll be healed. Those that need direction, that they'll get it. Those that's looking for answers will find it. Lord I pray that you would touch each and every one with a special blessing. I pray Lord that you would touch those watching by way of webcast. I pray that you would just go in their homes and bless them where they are. I pray that you would bless Brother DeBarge tonight Lord as he delivers the teaching so that we can learn more about how to have revival. Lord I pray that you would move in a mighty way for everyone in this sanctuary. You know why their hand was raised you You know what they have need of. And we're going to look unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith. And we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. I'm up. I couldn't couldn't remember if I scheduled Brother Dwayne for five minutes. Timothy, I don't like to walk over people's time. Uh, but I, I do uh, want to take a moment just to give us a word So that we can uh, grab on to something that will help us how, may, how many knows we all need help? We all need help And uh, I believe that sometimes when we talk about help uh, We always look to uh, family, we look to uh, you know professionals We look to a lot of people But uh, I believe that our help comes from the Lord And uh, I I want to just read one verse to you. And then I'm going to speak on this just for a moment. Because I believe it's important that we understand uh, where our help comes from. And it says, be, this is in Psalms 22 and verse 11, by the way. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. For there is trouble. None, and and I like this, to help. Because, you see, this cry was, there's a lot of stuff happening around me, but I just feel like there's none to help. But the great thing is, even though it felt like many bulls have compassed compassed me and strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round, they gapped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. It sounds like a, uh, he's having some trouble and having some struggles like we all have. Sometimes you just wake up and you say, man, I feel like all my strength is gone. I just feel like everything around me is falling apart. It just seems like everything's going wrong in my life and I have no help. It just seems like I, I cry out, but nothing happens. I cry out, but nothing takes place. So I want to speak to you about where's your help? You may be seated. Where's your help in the time of trouble? Where's your help when it seems like life is falling apart? This particular portion of scripture began to talk about how that there was just so many things that was compassing him. So many things was happening in his life. It just seemed like there was none to help. He said, be not far from me. Don't leave me alone. I think sometimes little kids, especially uh, when they go outside or they're out and about They always like to turn around and make sure mom and dad Or some somebody's in charge of them's nearby I, I can't relate to that now I could uh, with grandkids and a daughter But now I have to relate to a cat And, uh, and Purry Mason, he'll go outside But he don't go over five or ten steps Until he looks back to make sure I'm coming out with him Because he knows I'm going to protect him from anything that happens. Well, that's kind of just a furry way of saying uh, there's, there's things in our life that we all have surrounding us and all these things that come against us. We want God to be close. We want him to be near. The Bible says to draw nigh unto him and he will draw nigh unto you. I believe that we need to understand that when it feels like our world is falling apart and evil's on every hand and, and there's all sorts of things happen, we just say, Lord, be near me. Uh, I just got to know my daddy is near me and everything's going to be all right. I I just got to know that when I look around, I know I can feel his hand. I can feel his spirit. I, I just got to know that it doesn't matter what the world is is going through and doing i just gotta know that i'm near him and he's near me somebody give a praise unto the lord there's nothing like knowing that god is near ain't no weapon formed against you going to prosper when god is near there ain't nothing going to happen that is not supposed to happen when god is near even our trials are for a good reason even the things we go through are for a purpose. But if we can grab on to it and say, Be not far from me, for trouble is near. Oh, God is a God at hand and not a God of afar off. Oh, I love the Lord. There's been times in my life that it just seemed like that God was so far away and all I had to do was call His name. And He came near. Seemed like that when sickness hit and, and pain hits and things happen. And just seemed like, well, where are you, God? And when I had COVID, I'd, I'd cry out and say, Lord, I need you right now. I need you to come where I am. And he would come where I was. You see, there's something about this psalm that begins to let us know that if we find ourselves in trouble and we find ourselves surrounded by things that would normally devour or destroy us, this world is in a terrible shape. And this world has got all sorts of things they're trying to trying to. Blast your mind with And your kids mind with In fact it's such in such a bad shape That many people are falling away From truth They're falling away from the Lord They're giving up They're walking away Because of all the things That's going on And they think what's the use i tell you what's the use We need to say God be near me God come where I am Don't leave me by the wayside Don't leave me Don't let my bones be out out of joint. Anybody ever had an arm out of joint Or a shoulder out of joint Or a knee out of joint Oh it's painful And you can't hardly walk Or you can't hardly move But that's the way the devil wants to get all of us He's as a roaring lion He's seeking whom he may devour And he wants to get us in a place Where we feel out of joint Discombobulated Nothing together you ever, you ever woke up one morning and seemed like everything was scattered, scattered brain. Anybody ever had a scattered brain? Besides me, yeah, you get up and you try to think of something and you can't think of nothing, and you try to, you try to figure out. you walk in a room and you say, "Well, I can't figure out if I just come in or if I'm getting ready to leave." You wake up some mornings and everything's discombined. All you younger people, you, you just sitting there, oh, them old fogies. They just, that's just the way it is when you grow old. No, I was young. I've been young. Now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor see bread and bread. But I have had times in my life when I just needed to say, Lord, be near me. Come to me. Said, my strength is dried up. You know, sometimes we we talk about how vibrant we are and how revived we are and how strong we are. Oh, we're strong in faith. We're strong. We stand on the Word. And then there's times that it feels like our strength is dried up. No strength. I don't know if I've heard people say, I don't know how much longer I can hang on, Pastor. I'm going to tell you, hang on till Jesus comes. It's that simple. Hang on till Jesus comes. Well, my five minutes is up. It says, dogs have compassed me. Assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. We all know it's talking about the Lord here. Be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword. My darling from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth. Oh, I wish I had about five people that was willing to say, I'm not going to let the devil get a hold of me. I'm not going to let him get a hold of my mind. I'm not going to let him get a hold of my attitude. I'm not going to let him get, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this. You keep standing just for a moment and give a mighty hand clap unto the Lord and to Brother DeBart. Oh, yeah, I sing in five minutes. Timothy, we're gonna sing now. Look, somebody say, We're gonna sing now.
1: be your name be blessed be your name blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering though there's pain
2: in the offering
1: blessed be your name every blessing you pour
0: Somebody say, blessed be His name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Hallelujah. We're going to uh, take up uh, today's offering. We're going to ask our ushers to come. And uh, give us the Lord blesses you. And uh, we know that the Lord will bless you above and beyond. Any investment you do in His kingdom is an investment better than the local banks. Or any of the money markets that's out there. Just invest in the kingdom of God. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you for this opportunity to give. We ask, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one that gives, Lord, that you would just open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings There won't be room enough to receive. Lord, I pray that you would just help us all understand that by giving we're going to send missionaries to places we can't go. We're going to have youth programs and we're going to have revivals and we're going to have guest speakers and we're going to be able to do things, Lord, locally that we would not be able to do. And, Lord, we ask that you would move in a mighty way in in the giving tonight, for it's in Jesus' name, Amen. amen.
1: you have never failed me waiting for change to come knowing the battles won for you have never failed Your promise still jesus you're still enough keep me within your
3: Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh, my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O oh, my soul. I worship Your whole. Name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Wash up his holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul. Worship your holy name.
0: Well, I love the Lord. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. And now, give the Lord a mighty hand clap and Brother DeBarge as he comes.
2: I know that hand clap was appropriate for me approaching the platform or approaching the pulpit. But let's give the Lord a better hand clap of praise right now. I asked Brother uh, Dwayne to, to help me tonight, so I'll, I'll better explain this here in a little bit. Just like that, brother. I appreciate it. I'm so grateful to be here tonight. There's so many places that a 24-year-old young man could be on a Wednesday night. And I'm glad to be saved by the presence, by the spirit, by the blood of the Lamb, by the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm saved because I followed the plan of salvation. I've repented of my sins, turned away from my wicked ways. I've been baptized in Jesus' name, and I've received the gift of the Holy Ghost, evident by the speaking of tongues. I'm so grateful to be here tonight. Uh, I'm thankful for everyone that is able to be here tonight, that has attended, has joined us. Um, keep my wife in your prayers, I want to give her honor, I love my wife, give our pastor honor, uh, I do not take this opportunity lightly, I want to give everyone that is here tonight honor for being in the presence of the Lord when this world has drawn you to do other things tonight, amen, keep my wife in your prayers, she's uh, battling sickness in her body, I'm so grateful that we are all here tonight. Tonight, quickly, I want to move into the word of the Lord. We find ourselves at Ecclesiastes 7 and 10. Ecclesiastes 7 and 10. And it says, Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, I ask right now that you begin to move in this service, move in this place, move in our hearts and in our minds. God, I pray that you take away all distractions, that you begin to feed our minds with your word, feed our hearts with your spirit. God, we lift our hands ready to receive tonight. Begin to pour out, God, and make our hearts ready to receive. In Jesus' mighty name, in the church, said amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You're doing great. Great helper, isn't he? He Yes. The truth about this Bible, the Bible is not very heavy. Right? The Bible itself, the word, the book, the physical book that he's holding, it's not that heavy. Keep that in mind. Doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. Tonight I want to talk to us about the simple title, The Best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. When we look at our scripture, Ecclesiastes 7 and 10, we're reminded, and I want you to play this over in your mind time and time again, do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. I want you to remember that. Do not ask, why was my past better than where God's trying to take me right now? Because if you ask that question, it's not a wise question. Do not be blinded by the moment that you're in. Do not be blinded by the trials or the storms that you're going through. Because if you begin to question where God has you in the present, and you begin to look at where God brought you from in the past, you lose sight of where God's trying to take you in the future. See, we like to look back into the past whenever we were younger, stronger, better looking for some. I'm still better looking. I'm still in that stage. Still had all of our hair, right, Brother Doug? We like to look back at those days and we call them the good old days. You remember the good old days whenever we all used to hang out and we all used to get together. You know, life has went on and we've gotten distracted. The good old days. People have a tendency to remember the better days of yesterday. Right. For most of us, childhood and youth were good. I remember waking up after staying up all night on Friday night because we were growing boys. We were in elementary school. I said, Mama, we, we need to watch Ninja Turtles. We're grown. Right? We need to watch Ninja Turtles. We need to stay up. It's Friday night. She finally gave in. She said, OK, y'all can stay up late. We stayed up till 10 o'clock and we crashed out. That was late to us, right? The good old days. Slept all day Saturday. Got up and played. Those were the good old days. They were full of love and very little responsibility. You see, the same principle applies to being born again. Whenever you're born again, there is... There is this uh, this idea over here, I'm going to bring our attention over here. There is this idea if you need to you you're bring them. There's this idea whenever you are born again, that's the best time to live for the Lord. Why? Because all of your pain, all the worry that you've been living in for the entirety of your life without Christ, it's all gone now. You have a revelation of who Jesus is. You've been born again. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. But now you're baptized in Jesus' name, but you're still walking through the same old world. You're baptized in Jesus' name, but yet you have to go to the same job with the same people. The good old days. The same principle applies to being born again. There will never be a revival like the revival in which you received the Holy Ghost. All right. I'm getting to you right now. This is the danger of looking back. You see, time has a way of distorting truth. I know it felt like time was just dragging on. Y'all all saw him begin to, to struggle a little bit. I'm pretty sure I see sweat beads coming down his forehead. I appreciate it. He's the truth. You see, I reminded you or told you about the truth about this word in the very beginning of my message. The truth about this Bible, the physical book that he's holding, it's not that heavy. Amen. So we walk through life with things that are not that heavy. Right. But when we begin to try and hold them on our own, when we try and do things on our own, our mind is taken away from the truth. And now we're focusing on the pain. We're focusing on what is uncomfortable. We're focusing on what this world is trying to get us to focus on, what the adversary is trying to get us to focus on, instead of focusing on the Word of God, instead of focusing on our relationship with Christ. Instead of focusing on this and reading the words that are between the, 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 the minds, we begin to focus on the pain of having to hold it. If the adversary can get you to focus on the pain instead of focusing on who you're trying to hold up, get a hold of. He's going to win every single day. He's going to win every single battle. He's going to win every single trial. But if you're reminded, hey, I'm not having to hold this alone. I'm not having to do this alone. I'm not having to walk through this world alone. I am not alone because I am born again child of God. As he was holding that Bible, the truth about the Bible, the the book that it is, it wasn't that heavy to start out with. Whenever you are born again, all that weight seems to go away because you're focused. Your attention's on Christ. Your attention's on, hey, I'm a new creature. Born through, through baptism of the Holy Ghost, through baptism of water tensions on Christ. But as time goes on, it has a tendency to distort the truth. See, he began to stand here, you saw him, he began to pull his arm back. He began to change his position. I said, hold on, brother. The truth is that Bible's not that heavy. Hold on to it. Keep it out straight. We know what the truth is. But hey, we're human. We got pain in our life. We know what the truth is. I need to be in the house of the Lord. But hey, I got pain in my life. Come on. We know what the truth is. God is good but hey, it's okay to, to take a night off. You're tired. You're exhausted. We're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. Our attention is taken away from the truth. Because it's just been a few years since I was saved. You know? And whenever I was Saved, and whenever I was brought out of this, this awful world and whenever I had the revelation of Jesus Christ and who he was and, and he gave me the, the, the image of myself being saved in the altar, nothing could get me to take my attention off the word. Nothing could get me to take my attention off of him. But time began to go on. Amen. I had to go through the same things. I had to go to the same school. I had to go to the same friend around the same friends. And time begins to distort our truth. We as human beings tend to remember the extremes. Throughout their 40 years or their 40-year journey in the wilderness, the mixed multitude of Israelites continued to look over their shoulders, regretting what they had left in Egypt. Listen, the only time that you should look over your shoulder and regret what you left is if you have left the presence of God. If God has allowed you to leave a bad situation, if he's allowed you to leave something that was not a part of his plan, you better not be looking back at it. If you pray time and time again, God, deliver me from this situation. God, deliver me. This situation's going to kill me. And finally, he says, okay, uh, pack your bags, uh, have your rod in hand, have your shoes on your feet, and get ready to go. Because whenever I say go, you better move. And he finally does this for you. You've been begging. You've been supplicating. You've been saying, God, move me from where I am. And he finally does. And you begin to go. And you realize that the other side's not as green as you thought it was going to be. You realize all the stories of of the journey. You've heard the stories of the the promised land. But you never really thought about the journey that was going to have to be taken to get there. Amen. Church, God never promised. I love that song. He never promised that the cross wasn't going to get heavy. He never promised that the journey to eternity with him was going to be easy. In fact, he said we're going to be persecuted for his name's sake. We're going to be ridiculed because we love Christ. If you're living in the same world that I'm living in, you're going to be ridiculed for loving Christ. Amen. We remember, excuse me. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything. But this manner, what should have been praises under God? In numbers 11 5 through6, what should have been praises? Hey I used to be in Egypt where yeah, the food may have been good, but the servitude that I was having to give for it was not good.. What should have been praises turned into complaints. It's dangerous when we begin to complain about God's provision. It's dangerous when we begin to complain about how God's leading us out of our Egypt. Because they were in their wilderness and time began to go on, the 40 years, maybe even 10 years into that 40 years, time began to distort the truth. Truth of the matter is God led them out of a bad situation. But because they were having to deal with a little bit of pain, they were complaining they should have been doing was worshiping. Right now, church, God has led us away from a lot of things. I've heard about some of the individuals that might have been in this church before. I've heard about the things that have come against this church, the people that have come against this church, and I was not here to see it. And you may be upset because there's not as many people on the pews as there used to be. This might be our wilderness. Do not get distracted by the pain and lose sight of where God's trying to take us. Right now, these starting points, right now, the scripture that we're preaching, right now, these prayer meetings that we're having, that we need to be having when we come to the house of the Lord early, we need to be in a prayer room, right? Because we understand prayer works. That's what's going to keep our attention on Christ. While we're going through our wilderness. Somehow in their minds they revised history. It began to contort to fit their desires. And they remembered abundance of food, but at no cost. How quickly they forgot the sting of the whips across their backs. The hours of toil and the threat of death. For that food that had no cost. Time has a way of distorting the truth. The good old days were not the best days. Amen. Whenever we begin to look at our past, we think of all the good times. How often do we look back at all the things that were wrong in our past and say, thank God for bringing me away from that. Thank God for having enough mercy from keeping a, a dumb kid alive long enough to be saved. Looking backwards is non-productive. We are directed in scripture to be forward-looking and not backward-looking. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, since we were surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who the joy, or who for the joy sat before him, endured the cross, scorning and its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What does this scripture say? He has provided a way out. Let us take off all the, the weight of this world and run perseverance, pressing, whenever you have to persevere, you have to push through some things. Church, we're going to have to push through this idea that this is all that the Lord has for us. We're going to have to push through this idea that, you know, a little bit of prayer here and there is going to get us to where we're wanting to go. We're going to have to push whenever we don't want to be on our knees in prayer. If you're not having to push, it's probably not that much. A sacrifice. Amen. I want you to chew on that for a moment. Looking backwards runs the risk of missing the coming of the Lord. Just for a, a carnal reference, I guess, I love to hunt. Back in Texas, we had private land. There's a lot of public land hunting here, but private to one lane, I was able to look forward, right, in my box stand there was a mirror, so I never had to turn and look behind me, because I was afraid if I turned around, I was going to miss the biggest buck, I was going to miss the, tr- the trophy deer, church, if we begin to look behind us, to see what's back there, is anything better back there than what's in front of me, we're going to miss what the Lord's trying to, to show us we're going to miss what he's trying where he's trying to take us to yeah. our attention cannot be behind us it has to be forward on the Lord yeah. amen. amen Jesus replied no one who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God Luke 9 and 62 you see there was a there's a book it's uh, Samuel Oldman. 1934 pages 323 and 324 wrote this it says youth is not a time of life it is a state of mind youth is not a time of life it is a state of mind nobody grows old by merely living a number of years people generally grow old by des- deserving their ideals so years may wrinkle the skin but to give up enthusiasm wrinkles the soul. Amen. Worry, doubt, self-distrust, fear, and despair. These are the long, long years that bow the head and turn the growing spirit back to dust. Says you are as young as your faith and as old as your doubt. As young as your self-confidence and as old as your fear as young as your hope and as old as your despair. God created time, and it does not stand still. But what we gathered from this short passage of this book is that time is not what's going to hinder us from praising the Lord. Time may break down our body a little bit, but as long as I keep reminding myself in my heart and in my spirit, I'm young enough to jump. I'm young enough to clap my hands. I'm young enough to open my mouth and worship. I'm young enough to run the aisles. I'm young enough to to open my Bible and begin to read the words that are printed on there in black and in red. I'm able. I'm young enough. Hey, someone might come up to you and say, brother, you don't understand. Preacher, you don't understand. How many times have you heard that? Preacher, you don't understand. You see, I, I got a bad back. The war can heal that. Preacher, you don't understand. I'm old. I can't jump like I used to. No one's asking you to jump like you did in the past. They're still asking you to praise the Lord. I can't clap on beat. I'd rather you clap off beat than sit there with your hands in your pockets. It doesn't say make a a good noise. It says make a joyful noise unto the Lord because that's praise unto the Lord. Amen. We clap our hands because it's worship. We clap our hands because it's not to tickle the ears of the preacher, to let him know that you're listening. Amen. The Lord makes a day for living, not for surviving. Does that make sense? We don't want to just make it through another day. Yeah. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm making it another day. How many times you hear that? I'm making it. I'm making it. up this morning. He started me on my way. I give him the glory. I give him the praise. See, because we understand through scripture, Psalms 118 and 24, in fact, says this is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You must live this day to the fullest. Why? Because we're not promised tomorrow. And it's a gift from the Lord. By not taking full advantage the day that he is given right now and looking forward to where he is taking us. We're saying his gifts are not that valuable to us. Jesus came to bring life. John 10 and 10 says, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. It is imperative that we not only live life to the fullest, but that we do not waste Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5 and 16 says, the foolish person has no strategy for life and misses opportunities to live for God in an evil environment. Wherever you go in this world, there's going to be an evil environment. Amen. And you might be the only light that God has placed in that evil environment. So if you do not take advantage of the day that the Lord hath made, somebody could miss out on being drawn to the Lord because we don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to be led by Christ because I had a long day. Amen. Every church service should be the greatest church service. Each each service should be from the Lord. For where two or three come together or where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst of them. That's Matthew 18 and 20. To tell God what we need in a service could cause us to miss his will. If God's will is for you to come into a service and lay hands on somebody for them to be healed but you're so distracted with what you desire what you want and what you need we can miss his will amen never try to make things happen amen especially whenever you're trying to pray someone through to the Holy Ghost do not try to shake them into receiving the Holy Ghost do not try and and, and bend their neck over backwards until they look like a gymnast. You cannot make something happen that the person doesn't want to happen, one, and two, that God is not ready to perform. But you ask God, have your way and use me as a vessel. That is how the Lord's will is done. Amen. Never try to duplicate a former church service. That's very important. We need to understand that every service is unique because God's spirit, he is powerful enough to do things differently every single time. By us trying to replicate a real good pray through, shouting service, we're limiting his abilities and his power. And we are blocking his will. No two services. We need to be looking forward. There are things that we can do to make each service the very best. You have not experienced the best church service yet. The days of yesterday were not better. The best is yet to come. Listen, if we had a great service on Sunday, we should come here Wednesday night, and we should come here next Sunday trying to have a better service. If God moved in this place, we should come expecting he can move even better the next time. better the next time. Why? Because we should come expecting. We've seen what He can do, so we know He can do better. Right. Amen. And we want our family, we want our loved ones to experience that. So we should never be satisfied over oh, that that was the best service. Right. No, I'm still waiting on the best service. Right. And I'm coming to do my very best to make sure that this service is going to be the best service. Right. Do that every time. The Lord will show up and He will show up. taught in scripture to always be in a state of prayer. We begin to ask ourselves, how do I make sure that this service is the best service? How do I make sure that I am in the will of God? Prayer. That's your direct line of communication with Christ. He died on the cross to cut out the middleman. You see, for some of us that uh, don't know, back in the Old Testament, anyone that wanted their sins to be not atoned, not taken forgiven, but pushed back to the next year, we had to go to a high priest. And we we had to bring a sacrifice. Right? we had to hope that our sacrifice was good enough to push our sins back to the next year. But whenever Jesus died on the cross, whenever he allowed himself to be the ultimate sacrifice, the spotless lamb, he allowed himself to be the ultimate sacrifice, the veil was the temple. Okay, and because of that, he cut out the middleman. We no longer have to go to the high priest. We have a direct line of communication with Jesus Christ. We can call on them and say, God, please forgive my sins. And they're not just pushed back. They're thrown into the sea of forgiveness. That's the God that we serve. See, Ephesians 6 and 18 says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. That's not just for the church in Jamboree, Kentucky. That's not just for the church down the road. That's not for the church across the sea. That's for all people everywhere. We need to be in prayer constantly. Because we understand that prayer is our life this relationship that we are in. We're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if I'm in a relationship a good friendship with Brother Dove and I ain't talked to him in 10 years and I come up and I smack him on the back of the head, he might turn around and smack me right back. Because we hadn't had that communication we hadn't had that that strong bond in our relationship. Hey right now we can cut up and we can laugh Right. it's the same way with Christ why should we go through a whole week without ever talking to him and then come here on Sunday Lord please heal my dog You know, heal, heal everybody in my family bring them away from a life of sin he's like who are you I don't know you you're like that cousin that shows up when you need money I, I don't know you I told someone today at person at work we was talking about our relationships with God. I said, I want to make sure I have a good relationship with him. I said, and a funny story, I actually tell the Lord my name every time. I said, Lord, it's Caleb the Barge. And I said, I know whatever scripture says. You know, he wants to know you. Or he'll say, depart from me, you work of iniquity, I don't know you. I know it's not talking about your physical name. He wants to know your heart. He wants to know your spirit. But I like to show up in prayer prepared. I'm like, Lord. You to search my heart. I want you to search me. I want you to know who I am. Because I want to be prepared for whenever I show up to those pearly gates. I don't want him to have to even look. I want him to say, hey, that's Caleb the Barch. He told me his name every single time. We need to be prepared. And the way that we prepare is pray, fasting, and supplication. Amen. See, prayer. us a clean heart and renewing us a right spirit. We should not come into this service unprepared. That's why it's very important for the praise team and the ones that are leading people into an atmosphere of praise and worship to go into that prayer room and to prepare themselves. Because if we are operating in flesh up here, no one, no one is going to be led into the spirit by flesh. Amen. That's why it is important to be prepared. Then we're led into worship. It says, make the present greater than the past by attending every service. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let let us not give up meeting together. Meaning it's important to come to church. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. And All the more as you see the day approaching. Always be on time for church. I'm preaching myself, church. Listen, I know a lot of things begin to happen. There's no excuse. We need to try our very best to be here on time. We don't want to miss out on what the Lord's going to do from the beginning of the service to the end of the service. Amen. It is very important to try and be here on time for church. Give God your best, no matter if it's a Sunday or a Wednesday night service. See, we have this depiction. We have this this, uh, misunderstanding that Sunday service is more important than a Wednesday service. You see, a lot of times you get more meat on Wednesday night service. Whenever the Babes of Christ are here on Sundays, they're getting the milk. They're getting the the essentials. Hey, you need to be here uh, or you need to be repenting. In Jesus' name. You need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is preached on Sunday just as it should be preached on Wednesday. But our salvation, the way that we live as Christians, the the things that we have to do because it's according to His Word, that's where we learn on Wednesday nights. It is just as important to be here on on Wednesday as it is on Sunday. Because every service is important. Amen. And you should not leave a single service saying, didn't get much out of that one. I didn't apply myself very much either. But hey, I'll do better next time. We're not promised to make it back to this house. That's right. We're not promised to make it back to the house of the Lord. That's the sad reality and truth of the situation. Come, a lot of times we come to receive. We come showing up saying, God, I need you to do something. I'm expecting you to pour out. We come up to this pulpit as preachers and say, has anyone come except Expecting to receive something tonight. How often do we come willing to give? How often do we slow down long enough to say, instead of saying, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, say, God, what can I do? What can I give? Whenever there was one time in my life, and, and I, I'm so glad the Lord done this when I was young, I pray he never does it again, I felt. I tried to pray. Whenever I tried to, to, I was in a service. People were shouting. People were talking in tongues. People were having a great old service. And I couldn't feel anything. God, where are you? I know you're real. I've experienced you. But, of course, you have these lies beginning to be fed into your mind that he's left you. my heart. I couldn't feel him. You know that's what hell is like. That's what hell is. See everyone thinks that it's flames and it's weeping and the gnashing of teeth and the body that doesn't burn. You see hell right now is just torment. Because hell is a place without the presence of God. And the presence of God is the breath of life. So if you are in hell in a place without the presence of God you cannot catch your breath because there is no breath of life if you're not in a place where you can feel God you feel nothing except anguish anxiety, worry and numbness that's what I felt couldn't feel the Lord and I was reminded of the scripture he stands and he knocks at the door and whoever will open unto him, he will come in with him and with them and they with, them, with him. I was reminded of that said, God, I don't feel you and I do not like it. So I decided to go and knock on his door. I said, God, I do not like where I am and I'm not going to be satisfied right. sitting here. I'm standing here knocking and wouldn't you know it, he opened the door to my heart and he right. began to flood into my life simply because he was, going to, he was saying is Caleb willing to sit whenever he couldn't feel my presence or is he willing to worship when he couldn't feel my presence I learned a long time ago no matter how I felt no matter the pain of my situation or the numbness that I felt in my life that does not change the value of Jesus Christ that does not change who he is it doesn't change his position or his stature. He is still the Lord of Lords and the God of all creation. You see, a lot of times we come into this house and our response is determined by our, our emotion. It's determined by how we're feeling. right? So I never want to get this misillusion, uh, this, this, this confusion in my mind that I as a worshiper up here am here change your emotion. I'm not. The praise team's not here to to sing you happy and then you can get to the presence of the Lord. We're here to sing praises unto the Lord and you're here to worship. Amen. I'm coming to an end, I promise. We need to have a receptive attitude. We understand that Luke 6 and 38 says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be pouring into your life. For with what measure you use, it will be measured to you. We want the Lord to give us all that he has to give. Right? I want to receive of the Lord. Whether it's monetary, whether it's spiritual, I want to be blessed by the Lord. But yet we don't give anything to him. We offer polluted bread to his his table. We're saying that the, the, the altar of the Lord's contemptible. That's scripture, church. By us offering polluted bread, we're saying that he doesn't deserve our best. By us coming in here and clapping our hands a little bit, doing the three strikes, and that's it. Instead of worshiping through our pain, worshiping whenever there is no music instead of giving our all every single service, instead we are moved by emotion and not moved by the Lord. And that's a problem. Come to each service to give and you will be surprised at what you get. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13 says, and we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God which you heard from us you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. It's important for us to understand, and it's important for the ministers to understand when we get up here, we should not be delivering man's word. We should not be using this platform to share our opinion, to share our political views. We're here to share the word of God. I told the Lord before I got up here today, I want him to use me as a vessel, pour out his spirit and his desires, and then put me back on the shelf. Move me away. We need to be willing to be used, see what we can do for the Lord, be willing to give instead of always wanting to receive. I'm coming to an end, and the praise thing can come. Do not be like the rich young ruler that Jesus challenged. Looking at Luke 18, 22 and 25, it says, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. That's powerful, right? See, to somebody that doesn't have much, it's not that hard. I don't have too much to give away, you know, here, have it. I'm going for Jesus. But for someone that has all the things that people envy, for someone that has all the things that people desire, when the Lord says give it up, are you willing? Are you willing to give the Lord the things that are going to drag you to hell? Plain talk, easy understood. I learned that a long time ago when I moved to eastern Kentucky. Are you willing to let go of the things that are going to drag you to hell And grab a hold of God that is going to lead you to an eternity with him. We might be drugged through the briars. We might be drugged over the rocks. So we might feel real bad going through it. But I promise you, where you're trying to go in Jesus is a lot better for sad because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for the rich to enter into the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. If we will grasp the understanding right now that the true riches is having a strong and good relationship with Jesus Christ and it's more valuable than any riches, any silver, any gold. We not only will be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven easily, but we'll be able to look at a beggar outside of the gate, outside of the temple and say riches and gold have I none. But what I have, I give unto you. All right. Right. This is my conclusion. You cannot program God. You should not want to program God. Our minds can't comprehend his abilities. Our minds cannot comprehend his will. That's why the Bible says lean not on our own understanding. Never imitate yesterday's service. Live. I never want to be standing in this altar and thinking of how it used to be. How I used to be able to worship. All right. How I used to be able to jump. How I used to run the aisles. Because if you're always looking at how it used to be, you'll never be able to to worship freely in the moment. Allow the free moving of the spirit. Allow God to have his way. Do not be distracted by your desires. Allow God to have his way. Do not wish for shouting when God wants weeping. Hmm. How powerful is that? I'm going to say it again. Do not wish for shouting when God desires weeping. All right. We're moved by emotion. A lot of times when somebody's shouting God is moved by weeping. We're reminded of of Mary and Martha. Martha come out shouting, if you would have been here, if you would have showed up on time, she was being real loud, she was emotional, she was shouting, if you would have been here, my brother would be alive. God was annoyed. He was not moved. But when Mary showed up, and she fell at his feet, and she began to weep. She said, God, Jesus, if you would have been here. She's weeping, tears flowing down her face. If you would have been here, my brother would still be alive. That's when Jesus was moved. You see, sincerity will catch the attention and grip the heart of God. The best, the very best, is yet to come the praise begins and we begin to move towards the front of this, this sanctuary do not look at your past looking for where God wants to take you take up your cross follow after him and press toward the mark